Welcome to Discover. We're glad you joined us today on our podcast. Be sure to check us out online at discovercc.org. Today, we're continuing in a, a series called God is For You, Eight Ways Jesus Shows That He Is For People. Here's our lead minister, Steve Murphy. We are very, very excited about the fact that Jesus is alive. I'm excited. Are you excited about that? Yes. Amen. Praise God. So they have this thing uh, in the early church. They would say, he is risen. One person would say that, and the other people would say, Christ is risen indeed. So let's do that. He is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Let's do it one more time. He is risen. Christ is risen indeed. It's good news. It's good news. Someone asked me, have you lost weight? And I said, a little bit, but I actually just bought a shirt that's a little too large for me. <laughs> Slimming, sort of. Teresa said, it's really too long. And I said, I know. But it makes me look skinnier because it's so huge. So that's good news. I guess I've lost a little weight. But the real good news is that Jesus is alive. That is great news. Not only for today, but for every day. Into eternity so exciting. We are in the last week of our series called God is for you. And we're in John chapter 20 today. If you want to take your Bible and look at John 20, we'll be there in just a minute. We're looking in John right now, and we're going to take a break for the Anxious for Nothing series. And then after that's over, we're going to jump back into John through the summer. And what we're doing as we look at John is is seeing his perspective We're looking at the stories that are found only in the book of John. They're not found in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Now, today's a little bit different because guess what? This is the resurrection, and of course, every one of the gospel writers said, we need to talk about this, and they did. But John's perspective is pretty cool, and we're going to look at it in just a minute. But I think today, I want to make sure you're awake, and so we're going to do A couple of quizzes. We'll start off with a quiz, and then kind of in the middle, we'll do one more, all right? So here's the first quiz, and it's a quiz of recognition. I want you to pay attention, and I want you to see these car emblems, and I want you to just say out loud, and and say it nice and loud, okay? What is the first one up here? That is Chevy, right? Chevrolet. The second one is Mazda. I drive a Mazda. It's a blessing. All right. Uh, The third one is Dodge Ram. Yeah, that's Typically like for the trucks, right? Okay, and what's that one over there? Ferrari. I drive one of those as well. Okay. (laughs) Not really. But uh, if if you have one, that's awesome. You know, good for you. But um, it's it's like, well, you did pretty well with that, actually. I'm I'm kind of impressed, you know, that you guys knew these. Uh, Just in case you want to to redeem yourself, if you're like, "I I didn't know any of those. Let's see how you do with flowers, okay? Four very common flowers. Now, what's the first one? It's a... Rose, very good. What's the second one? Sunflower. Third one? Carnation. All right, here's a clue. The last one starts with the word Easter. Okay, it's an Easter lily. Right, that specific flower is an Easter lily. Great job. Now, why do we recognize those car symbols? Why do we recognize those flowers? Because they're around us, right? We see them all the time. Some people actually study those. They study cars. They study flowers. They are botanists. There are people who go even deeper. And you know what? 
we recognize these things, again, because of the presence of these things in our lives. So our question today that John's going to help us unpack is, do we recognize Jesus in our lives? And if not, why not? If not, why not? Casey Mazzoli is going to come right now, and she's going to read the text from John. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So on Friday, Jesus was crucified. He gave his life so we could have life. And then he was buried. But then he rose again, proving that he was Lord. And his resurrection is something we celebrate every day, every Sunday, and especially on this particular Sunday. And his resurrection, his death, burial, and resurrection, it just changes everything. But it really only changes our lives when we recognize who Jesus is. And today we're going to look at four questions from this text that are going to help us unpack that idea. Do we recognize Jesus in our lives? And one of these questions is going to stand out to you more than the other, more than the others. Lean into that one. That's the one that God really wants you to unpack, not just this morning, but right now in your life. So here's the first question. Why did Jesus appear to Mary? Why did Jesus appear to Mary? I don't know, but if it were me, I think I would have gone straight to Herod, to Pilate, and to the Pharisees, right? I'd be like, seriously, you guys, look, I'm alive. I am God. Ha ha, in your face. There are a lot of reasons why I'm not Jesus, and that's just one of them. (laughs) What if Jesus had gone first to Barabbas? What an interesting story that the one who was innocent, Jesus, and died would appear to the one who was guilty but got to go free. That would have been kind of cool. There were several Marys in Jesus' life. Like, why didn't he appear to marry his mother? Why not Mary of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus? 
Why does Jesus choose this Mary, who we call Mary Magdalene? Who is she? Why did he appear to her? Well, this Mary is from a town called Magdala. That's why we call her Mary Magdalene, to give us some perspective on which Mary we're talking about. Jesus had cast seven demons out of her. Imagine that. Some people say, well, this Mary, she was a prostitute. Guess what? There is zero, zero evidence for that in the Bible. It doesn't say anything like that. What we do know is that Mary was faithful to Jesus. She was a follower who supported the ministry of Jesus through her presence, through her gifts financially, through her prayers. She was devoted to Jesus. But still, she's just an average person. Some people would say she's less than average, in part because she was a woman. Remember, this is not an exalted position in their culture at all. Some rabbis said it's better that the law would be burnt than it would be given to a woman. So that in and of itself is surprising. But she is less than average to some people. Well, that's actually consistent with what the Bible says over and over. That God uses people who are just average, just ordinary people. Moses was like that. Moses didn't even want to lead. He felt inadequate. He, he said, I can't even speak. He may have had a speech problem. If nothing else, he was certainly really shy and didn't feel confident. Rahab, she actually was a prostitute. That's absolutely true. That's not a highly exalted position, is it? Paul, who wrote basically half of the New Testament, he had some sort of problem that he said, God, would you take this away from me? He felt inadequate with it. It's just a theme that recurs over and over. Abraham, Jacob, Deborah, David, Esther, Peter, and countless others were, by human standards, simply average. Even Jesus, as he is described, is just average. In Isaiah it says, he had no beauty or majesty attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. In fact, like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. But, but, Mary does have something that was extraordinary about her. Her heart. The part you can't see, but God can. Her devotion to Jesus was anything but average. We get just a glimpse of that in, in what she already said. She said, I, I love this. She said, tell me where his body is so I can go get it. Now, we don't know a lot about Mary's physical stature. I just kind of picture her as small, but maybe she wasn't. But either way, Jesus, we know, was a carpenter. I don't know how many carpenters you know, but most of them aren't wiry little dudes, right? 
Like, they're kind of burly guys, especially in this culture. And Jesus walked everywhere. I mean, he would have been like a man's man, right? And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, experienced this, but it's called dead weight for a reason. Like, it's extra heavy. So for her to say, I- I'm going to go find his body and bring it, is kind of dumb. <laughs> she probably could not have done that. But you know what that shows? Her heart, her passion for Jesus. She said, I'm at least willing to try. She was ordinary, but she had an extraordinary devotion to Jesus. She was flawed, but she was faithful. And Jesus rewarded her faithfulness by appearing to her. You know, Jesus has also made himself known to us. And like Mary, most of us probably think of ourselves as, honestly, just very average people. But like Mary, when you have a passion for Jesus, God will do amazing things in your life and amazing things through your life. God uses ordinary people because God is extraordinary. That's the first question. Question number two. Why doesn't Mary recognize Jesus? She knew him. Why does she not recognize him? Some people think maybe it was because she is crying and and her vision is blurred. And that may have been part of it. But I think it's more reasonable to figure out, determine that the reason she didn't see Jesus is because she didn't expect to see Jesus. All right, you look like you're half asleep, so quiz number two. Say it out loud. What television show are Big Bird and Elmo a part of? Very good, Sesame Street. There was a guy named Mr. Hooper that was on Sesame Street for several years, and then Mr. Hooper died. And the producers of Sesame Street had to figure out how they were going to tell this news to the children? How do they tell these millions of children that Mr. Hooper died? They did a lot of consultation and discussion with various experts. And they basically decided, this is what we're going to say, Mr. Hooper died, which means this, he's gone, he won't be back, and he will be missed. And then Big Bird came out and he had a picture And he said, I want to show this to Mr. Hooper. And one of the cast members said, Big Bird, don't you remember? Mr. Hooper died. And Big Bird said, oh, yeah, I forgot. Well, I'll show it to him when he comes back. Big Bird, Mr. Hooper isn't coming back. Why not? Because... Dead people don't come back. That's a sad message. But that's actually the message that Mary brought with her to this scene. She did not expect Jesus to come back. She saw him brutally executed. So, 
even though Jesus is standing right in front of her, she does not recognize him. At the sunrise service this morning, we mentioned the idea that sometimes our circumstances keep us from seeing Jesus. Maybe you have a recent diagnosis or you're struggling in a relationship. There's a financial challenge. You have problems at at school or at work. There's some addiction you're struggling with. You have issues with anxiety or depression. Something is keeping you awake at night. And that something is keeping your focus on your circumstances. Challenging circumstances to be sure. But focusing only on our circumstances can blind us to the presence of Jesus. And so we have to lift our eyes above our circumstances and look to God. As Jordan mentioned, next week we're going to begin a five-week series called Anxious for Nothing where we try to find peace, calm in a chaotic world. And again, anxiety and depression are such big issues, and they are big issues. We do not want to diminish them. We're not trying to say everything's perfect. What we are saying is that part of the help that we find in the biblical resources that we will talk about, in the practical resources that we will talk about, part of that help is taking our focus off of our circumstances and focusing on God. We sang it, oh, we look to the sun, set our eyes on the Savior, see the image of love, sing his praises forever. Psalm 121 talks about that. I lift up my eyes to the hills, to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who made the mountains. Because He is with us. God is with you. Do you recognize his presence? Question number three, which is pretty closely related to question number two. Who was Mary looking for? Well, Mary was looking for Jesus, but she was looking for, again, a dead Jesus. She was not looking for Jesus to be alive. And the the key that flipped the switch for her was when Jesus called her by her name. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep by name, and my sheep know my voice. And when Jesus calls us by name, it changes everything. Our perspective changes, and there is immediate benefit and, and benefits into the future as well. Our pain becomes a little less painful. Our problems are a little less problematic. Our confusion is replaced by more clarity. Bondage gives way to freedom. Death gives way to life. Do not look for a dead Jesus. He is alive. Amen? And he's calling you by name. How do we hear the voice of Jesus? Primarily 
through the word of God. It's God's word. It's God speaking to us. We hear God's prompting as we read the word. We, we hear God's prompting as we spend time in prayer. Not just speaking, but listening. We hear God's voice as we practice spiritual things that connect us to him. We spend time with God. Sometimes we don't recognize Jesus, even though he's standing right here with us. And we're not going to recognize God if we don't spend time with God. Again, go back to the first quiz, the car emblems and the flowers. Those are recognizable because they've been around us. We've been in their presence. And if you're not recognizing God's voice, we're not necessarily talking about an audible voice. We're talking about God's leading again through prayer, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, through his word. If you don't recognize that voice, check and see how much time you're spending with God. Because he should be recognizable. And he is when we are with him, when we spend time in his presence. God recognizes you and he speaks your name. Do you recognize his voice? Are you looking for a dead God or one who is alive? Question number four. How then does Mary respond? When Jesus speaks Mary's name, it changes everything. She recognizes who he is. And when she recognizes Jesus, the first thing she does is she literally clings to him. It seems that she says, now that I've found you, I will never let go of you. And on the one hand, that is a great thing for us to do. No matter what's going on around us, we cling to Jesus. But Jesus says something to her that has two points that we want to just quickly unpack. The first thing he says is, don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to me. The reason he, he says that is, is he's not going anywhere. <laughs> and later when Jesus did leave the earth, who did he send? His Holy Spirit to come and not only be with us, but to be within us. The Bible tells us that God will never leave us, that he will never forsake us, that he is present with us always. The second part of what Jesus says to Mary is, go tell them I'm alive. Go tell them I'm alive. And when Mary did that, when she obeyed, lives were changed. And those lives told other lives. Who told others for generation after generation after generation until that message reached you. And that takes us back to question one. Why has Jesus made himself known to us? So we recognize him, make him Lord. And second, so we tell others that he is alive. At our church, we have both a mission statement and a vision statement. Our, our mission statement is based on what is called the great commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so we love God, we love people, and we impact the world. And the way we live that out is through our vision statement. 
which is based on the Great Commission. Go and make disciples everywhere. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey, to observe, to, to practice everything that I have told you. And Jesus says he'll be with us till the very end of the age. And from that, we get our vision statement to reach people wherever they are, to love them, even in their messiness, even in their brokenness, but to not let people stay there, but together to walk and be changed as we imitate Jesus, and then to continue that process over and over, duplicating, making disciples who make disciples. It's interesting that when the disciples first heard that Jesus was alive, they didn't believe him. They were incredibly close to him, and they did not believe it. This is, this is a challenging message. It's still challenging today. So when people don't believe it, that's okay. You keep telling them. And you keep showing them. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, changes us. And when people see a life that's transformed, a life that's been changed, that's a testimony as well. So show them and tell them. Jesus is alive. Jesus was crucified on Friday, giving his life so we could have life. Jesus was buried and then he rose on the third day. Jesus has conquered sin and death. What an incredible message. It's good news. It literally changes everything in history, but it only changes everything in our own lives when we recognize Jesus. And when we recognize Jesus, we follow what he asks us to do. Lives are changed. Our life is changed. The lives of the people around us are changed. And generation after generation is changed until Jesus returns. So do you recognize Jesus? And what are you doing with that message?